Hi there, and thanks for joining me in the podcast today. Dogs, cats, and pets. That's my topic. Before I um, get into some of the statistics associated with owning a pet, such as your liability and the number of pets that injure other people through dog bites and so on like that, let me just talk about some of the blessings or some of the positive benefits of having a pet. There's no doubt that having a pet is a positive experience for the pet owners, especially a family with children. Pets give an opportunity for parents to teach children responsibility, how to care for somebody, how to look out for somebody, how to intercede on behalf of somebody. You know, pets really are like a person. They teach us how to relate. They teach us how to get along, how to kind of back off and just let them have their way a little bit and not always have our own way. Pets are teaching animals, basically, in our life. So when families have pets, children have daily lessons to learn from those pets. So I think it's important for you, if a family, if you don't have a pet, to really give serious thought to having one or two. The number of pets growing in America is tremendous. The number of families and homes that have pets now are... are, uh, more than ever throughout the history of America. I think the pandemic and I think the nature of our culture and our society today, uh, which has created a greater sense of insecurity, a greater sense of unsureness, a greater sense of, of um, threat and lack of safety, has motivated people to consider having a pet, not only for the pet purpose, but for the protection purpose. Pets do provide a protection. They do give a sense of, of um, support and uh, break the loneliness, break the isolation that otherwise might be part of your life. So when you have a pet, it keeps you moving. You know, there has been a lot of research showing that on the, the best part of your brain operates and benefits from the body moving, walking, swimming, biking, working, doing whatever you do, but keep your body moving. That strengthens the brain and and the brain functions at a higher level of efficiency among people who move their body throughout the day. We sometimes just call this exercise, but it is an exercise because exercise, we usually take 15 minutes, we do an exercise, or we take an hour, we do an exercise. When you think in terms of body moving, that's something that you do throughout the entire day. And that's good. The more the body moves, the stronger that brain, the more that brain develops, and the more efficient that brain operates. So pets keep us moving. So there's an advantage there. If you have a pet, you're going to have more body movement. You're going to benefit, you know, from that. So meet your daily exercise requirement by having a pet. Go for the walk with a pet. Chase the pet around the yard. You know, walk around the house chasing a pet, looking for the pet when they're hiding and all the various kind of things you do that keeps your body moving. Pets are good for you, just from that point of view. But here's another one. Pets also decrease our anxiety. We know that people who have pets around experience a little lower stress and a lower heart rate, lower blood pressure. And there's that sense of pleasure, that sense of feeling good. And the hormones associated with pleasure are much more prominent when you have a pet and among people who have pets. So pets kind of help us relax, if you will, help us calm ourselves down, feel less anxiety, and give us that sense of pleasure, that sense of safety, that sense of goodness that is associated with a lower heart rate and a lower blood pressure level. So there's a good reason to have a pet. If you're an anxious person, that might be a good thing for you to do. It doesn't necessarily have to have a pet with you 100% of the time during the day, but just a pet in your house that you 
come home to or that you enjoy in the evening or you have a little bit more time in the weekend to enjoy, pets are there for you. But here's another point. Pets help us connect. Well, we learn to connect with a pet. We talk to the pet. We stroke the pet. We carry the pet around. We show the pet off. We take pictures of the pet. We share those pictures. In other words, the connection between you and your pet is an enhancing activity, a feel-good activity. You don't feel quite so much alone, so isolated that otherwise might be the case. So they do. Pets of all kinds, whether they're fish or they're birds or whether they're dogs or cats or turtles, doesn't matter. You connect with that animal. And when you learn to connect with an animal, you thereby learn to connect with people. And if you have children in your home, particularly if you have children that have a hard time socially, such as if you have an autistic child, or you have children that are not particularly socially outgoing, a pet will help them learn how to connect with the pet, and then they'll learn how to connect with other kids, and then people of all ages. So it's a growing experience, but it's a maturing experience. It's an enhancing experience. Pets help you connect. But in the same way, pets help us connect with people outside of ourselves, outside of our home, outside of our family, neighbors. When we take a dog for a walk, you start talking to neighbors that you otherwise you wouldn't have talked to and probably never would talk to. Or you take the pet on a little trip with you and that helps you connect with people that you meet along the way. Pets bring people together. Pets allow you to engage in conversation, promote conversation among people. So there's a connection of interpersonal connection that otherwise may not be the case. So think of pets as just being something good. Maybe you need one. Maybe you ought to have one. Now, obviously, they come with some problems. You know, pets make messes and sometimes they don't do what you want them to do, but there's more good than bad. So I encourage you to have a pet. From a psychologist's point of view, from a psychological point of view, pets are good to have. They help you become more socially mature, socially outgoing, socially strong. Very important. Calms you down. Very important. Reduces anxiety. Very important. Reduces depression. Reduces that isolation, that loneliness. Very important. A companionship. You learn to relate. You learn to socialize. You learn to talk. You learn to communicate. Very good. Psychologically, pets offer a lot of advantages. So if you've been thinking about it, (laughs) this is your time to go ahead and actually do it. You know how many pets are in the uh, household in America today? Well, this is an interesting uh, observation. 69 million households. 69 million households have a dog. 45 million households have a cat. 12 million have freshwater fish, a fish tank, if you will. 10 million have birds. 6 million have small animals of various kinds, hamsters, that kind of thing. 3.5 have a horse. 3.5 million have a horse. And about 3 million have saltwater fish. So you see, animals are part of the household today. They're part of our life, part of our experience. Now, you don't have to have a dog. You don't have to have a cat. You can have any kind of an animal. Bring something into your life that will expand your life and give you uh, opportunity for personal growth and personal enrichment of your life. Now, as I said before, you know, pets bring problems. They bite people. Unsuspectingly, they bite somebody. Now, as a psychologist, I've been involved in a lot of different lawsuits of people that have been bitten by dogs. And they, of course, I see them from the point of view of a psychologist, the level of trauma that they experience from that bite. And then there's usually a claim and usually a settlement that comes as a result of that dog bite. Now, lawsuits are not based upon being bitten. They're based upon the trauma that a person experiences having been bitten. So what is the level of emotional trauma 
that a person experiences when bitten by a dog. That's what lawsuits are based on. The average claim today is about fifty to sixty thousand dollars. So that if you um, have a pet, you better have insurance. If you don't have insurance, you're liable, and you might have to pay up to fifty thousand dollars to somebody that your dog bit. So insurance claims are important, along with having household insurance. You got to have a pet insurance. So you know if you have a pet, remember it, there's a cost, not just to feed that pet, but there's a cost to having insurance covering the possible mishaps of that particular you know, dog itself. Now look, look at some of the claims that have been made over the years. This is just the value of the claims, okay? In the year 2012, the average claim for a dog bite was around $30,000. The value of all the claims in America were something like 500 million. 500 million. Now, jump to 2021. The average cost per claim was about 50,000, not 29 or 30,000 that it was in 2012. So it was about double there. You can see that. So we are looking at a situation where dogs bite, dogs create claims, and People suffer, they experience trauma as a result of dog bites, and they're entitled to some kind of compensation. If your dog creates that kind of trauma for somebody else by getting out of the yard, by charging out of the door, attacking a person walking by, that's usually the scenario that happens. So, again, dogs and animals of various kinds, cats and so on, very, very good, very necessary, very important, very healthy, very good to have as part of family life. Let your family enjoy another member of the family. But remember, there's liability. There is potential problems, and you have to prepare for that. You have to anticipate that. You have to be ready for that, and that's why insurance claims are so high but if you have insurance then you're somewhat covered it didn't cover you totally of liability and responsibility but at least it, it, it does help so again that's what you need if you have some kind of a pet make sure that you've got coverage you got liability to cover whatever might happen as a result of your dog attacking somebody that was unsuspecting, walking by the neighborhood, walking by your house, delivering a package to the door, such as an Amazon deliverer or whatever it might be. And by the way, I've seen Amazon employees that have gone up to a house, delivered a package, and on the way back to their truck, that dog runs out of that house and bites them. And uh, liability there, tremendous liability. If you have two, three dogs, yeah, it could be very serious. So again, don't avoid the liability. Just prepare for it. Just have, make sure you have coverage. But bring a dog into your life. Bring a cat into your life. Bring fish into your life. Bring a bird into your life. Bring some kind of a reptile into your life. Bring whatever you like in, in terms of animals. Doesn't matter. You have a pet. You have a kind of a companion on which you can build your life. And you provide that for your children as not only companions in their life, but ways to learn responsibility, to carry out responsibility. Now remember in the last two sessions we've been talking about emotional intelligence. 
And emotional and social intelligence is just basically this, learning to be responsible. Take on a task and see it through. Take on a responsibility and fulfill it. Be responsible for somebody else. Be responsible for a project. Be responsible for some uh, commitment that you've made. Some group of people that are relying on you, depending on you. Same with a dog or a cat. They rely on you. They depend on you. Be responsible. Be reliable. Be dependable. That's teaching a child social intelligence. And animals can help a child learn intelligence, social intelligence, by just having the responsibility to take care of them. So it's up to you, but I encourage I encourage you to kind of look at the idea of a pet in your life and the pet in the life of your family. Prepare for it, think about it, talk about it together, divide the responsibilities up, make sure you have liability, and then go for it. Anyway, thanks for joining me, and bye for now. And again, I refer to my book, Living Life at Its Best. Living Life at Its Best. You can pick that up on Amazon, on my website. That's a book on emotional intelligence, social intelligence, learning how to be socially intelligent, emotionally intelligent in your relationships with other people. Living life at its best. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.